Welcome to Inspiring Legal, the podcast for in-house legal. Get insights, learn from peers, life lessons from some of the most influential GCs. If it's related to in-house legal, we cover it. For more inspiration, go to openly.com slash community. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Legal. My name is Stina and I'm your host. It's not going to be me talking today um, because I have a guest on the podcast that knows so much more about legal operations than I do. Sean is joining us and you'll hear from him in a second. But before we get Sean's introduction, I can tell you already now, we're going to be talking about legal operations. More specifically, covering the baseline of what is legal operations. And then Sean is going to help us get smarter on what type of background and skills should you have when working with legal operations. Welcome, Sean. Hi, Stina. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining. Um, We are super excited about you joining because, well, not only do you have a lot of experience within legal operations, uh, you have also really built that work um, and that topic for companies that are, well, in many view, big and, and, and doing a lot of great things and a great work. So, Sean, before we start talking about legal operations, could you maybe just tell people a little bit about who you are and your background and the company you work for and what you do? Sure. So, my name is Sean Houston. Uh, I am legal operations manager here at Heineken, based at our headquarters in Amsterdam. I'm originally from the U.S., born and raised I relocated to Ireland, was living in Ireland with my wife for about four years, and then relocated here to the Netherlands for this position with Heineken uh, back in the summer of 2021. So coming up on uh, two years as we record this today. Um, It's been a very good experience so far. And yeah, this legal ops journey, so to speak, in this um, this field of legal ops is one that you know I'm particularly very interested in and uh, happy to talk about with you today. So maybe before we start talking more specifically, how did you get into legal operations and how did you end up in Europe? Yeah, so I think that'll probably be something, uh, you know, over the course of this conversation, we, we probably uh, come back to quite often, but I there is no like very clear defined path uh, that someone must take to wind up in legal ops or, you know, wind up in a position like the one that I'm in here with Heineken. So for me personally, I didn't even know what legal ops was, you know, um, let's say five or six years ago. So my background, I actually went to, to university for broadcast journalism and uh, particularly was interested in that uh, for sports journalism. So I was a play-by-play broadcaster uh, for a few different baseball teams in the U.S., uh, doing the play-by-play and commentating on the games uh, as they took place. And I did that for um, a little over, or right around six years. And 
then decided that I didn't necessarily want to do that for the rest of my life. Uh, I had enjoyed it a lot. It was a wonderful experience, but, um, you know, I, I guess I realized I preferred being a fan, uh, of sports more than anything else. And when you work in something, you can't really also be a fan of it. It's, uh, it's difficult. So anyway, for, for various reasons, um, I moved away from the broadcast journalism side and I pivoted into, uh, working in software and technology. It was also something I'd always had an interest in and found very, um, you know, let's say fun and inspiring. And I also saw, you know, a significant, let's say bright future, uh, in that industry. Cause I, you know, <laughs> I don't think anything, uh, in terms of technology is going away. It's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. So anyway, I pivoted into that and did that for, um, for several years. Um, first, based in Austin, Texas. Then with my wife, we moved to Ireland. I continued working for a few different companies there. Uh, and then most recently, uh, before joining Heineken, uh, I was in uh, at a, based at a company, an Irish startup named Bright Flag. And Bright Flag is um, a legal tech startup. And so that was kind of my introduction into legal operations. So my role was... Um, and customer success for Bright Flag, working with you know our customers across the globe to ensure that they were you know getting value out of the Bright Flag platform, using it uh, as well as they could, and you know kind of steam, streamlining and standardizing their operations as it pertained to um, vendor management and e-billing uh, as much as they possibly could. So. Through that, I was working every single day with the legal operations teams and the legal departments at all of our customers, you know, very large global companies and also, you know, significantly smaller companies, uh, but always, um, you know, companies of a, a decent size, let's say, with a, a decent amount of uh, external legal spend that we could kind of help them with at Bright Flag. And I became really interested in, you know, this legal operations field and, kind of what it is and how uh, all of the companies that I had an opportunity to work with, how their teams were structured and what impacts they were making on the organization and, you know, started to peel back the, the curtain a little bit and, and learn a little bit more about it. And you realize, I realized, you know, how new of a function this was for just about every company that, you know, I was talking to. Um, I'd say more often than not, the legal operations person I was working with was the very first person in that seat at their company. Same is true for me here at Heineken. Um, and if it wasn't the the first, it was maybe the second. Uh, you know, it's a it's a new function with people who are getting a chance to create something kind of from the ground up. And that was initially what was so very interesting to me. You know, I don't have a legal background. I didn't go to law school, uh, but that's not a prerequisite or a requirement for this position, even though it's within legal affairs. Um, and there was a lot of overlap between what I was doing in customer success to what, um, you know, a legal operations person will do at, at most companies. Now, I do want to kind of not try and paint everything with, you know, one color brush here, right? Because I, I also totally recognize that what is legal operations here at Heineken, it does not necessarily mean that's exactly what that is at company A, B, C, on down the line. Uh, it can change and it can vary quite a bit, uh, organization to organization. Now I know, you know, 
you mentioned earlier, what is legal operations? So I like to defer to the definition that clock provides. And for those who, who aren't familiar what clock is, it's a large organization um, that is solely for based on legal operations. So it's the corporate legal operations consortium. So they, they have a definition, uh, which is legal ops describes a set of business processes, activities, and the professionals who enable legal departments to serve their clients more effectively. And it continues on, but I think that first part uh, is you know, a pretty good summary. Um, but if you even look at what I just said there, that's pretty vague. Uh, business processes, activities, and professionals who enable legal departments. So um, yeah, I think that's why you can understand it varies quite drastically company to company. And it really also depends somewhat on what are the big, urgent, pressing needs that a company is facing today? So I am a team of one uh, here in terms of full-time headcount within Heineken. So it's obviously not possible for me at a company with 90,000 employees uh, globally and 80-plus operating companies around the globe, a large, decentralized organization. I can't do everything. And so I have to be very strategic, uh, which I think is also certainly a part of, of legal operations is strategic planning. And I have to be very strategic on what projects and initiatives I'm going to tackle that are going to you know, end up providing the most value and giving the most benefit um, to the organization. So it was a long-winded way of so me answering your questions. question, but uh, <laughs> hopefully that's helpful. It's super helpful. And I'm just sitting there and thinking, oh, God, okay, I want to ask this. I want to ask this. So now I'm going to just, just ask you a few questions. Sure. So, so firstly, um, how many people are there working in legal um, that you are kind of like building the foundation for? Yeah. So I work at our, our um, global headquarters, uh, what we call head office here in Amsterdam. And there's around 45 uh, people in the legal department here in Amsterdam. Not all of those lawyers. There are a few other people um, in supporting roles or, or um, you know, admin roles within the team. But uh, let's say 45. And then globally, if you add up all of the people uh, across the globe based locally at our operating companies, that number total uh, is close to around 300. Um, because we have, as I mentioned, 80 plus opcos, what we call them opcos. And some of those have legal teams north of 20 people um, just there in that operating company, depending on the size and complexity and that sort of thing. And we've had several operating companies who did not have an in-house lawyer previously who have had someone start over the last couple of years as we've kind of expanded our footprint and, and really made a very concerted effort um, on the legal side to embedding legal affairs uh, within the each and every opco. Um, so there have been some you know improvements and new people there, but the number's around 300 globally. So you have a different background from the classic European way of thinking about legal operations. And when I'm saying classic, it, it's still very new, as you said, and, and I think especially in Europe, I think from what I've learned so far and from the conversations we've had and from my own previous experience, it really started in the US. 
and and from what I'm hearing is that the U.S. applied a different mindset to legal operations. You didn't need to be legal. It could actually be a strong skill set to be non-legal because you came in with a fresh pair of eyes. Whereas in Europe, we've more taken the classical route of taking somebody who was in the legal team with a legal background and giving them the responsibility for trying to figure out new processes, ways of scaling, adding in tools and so forth. So, so with your background, uh, which I think is super interesting, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about what are the pros and the cons? Yeah, uh, and I think this is a, a really interesting topic to me personally, uh, because when I tell people, you know, what I do, um, I think the, the first question always goes back to, well, are you a lawyer? And I have to say, no, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I work on the operations side of, uh, of the legal department. So for me personally, you know, legal operations, there are a lot of skills that are important to have. I honestly don't think that uh, being able to practice legal is even one of the, the top five or 10 that I would list. There are so many others I think are more important. So for me, you know, communication is crucial. So being able to effectively communicate um, why you are doing something, you know, why we are making a change within the organization, um, how this is going to impact people on down the line uh, and convincing them to kind of go on you, go with you on this uh, journey and make this change, these sorts of things. Communication is, you know, absolutely critical. I also think having a problem solving mindset and being very creative is super important because a lot of times you are, you know, taking existing processes and having to totally uh, turn them upside down and and start from scratch as if there is no process and you have to be creative and trying to sketch things together. And solving problems is really important because you get a lot of problems and things thrown at you uh, that people expect you to be able to answer. Uh, and you're not always going to be able to answer uh, every question and solve every problem, of course, but um, certainly being able to do that as much as possible uh, is really, really important. I think also, you know, having a good business background is really important as well, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, legal is a part of the business and it is a supporting function within the business. So, you know, we have to support our sales teams and our marketing teams and every other team and department across the organization, legal is there to support them. Uh, and so it's important that you never kind of forget that and you always think about things through that business lens. Um, and having worked, you know, in sales and customer success at many different companies, you know, I, I totally understand that. Uh, and how we can help them and speed things up and, you know, remove roadblocks. But to your point earlier around, not coming from a legal background and having a, a fresh set of eyes, I think is very, very true. You know, if you, uh, and I don't want to say this, that, you know, I know a lot of people who do come from a legal background who are very good legal operations people. So it's not as if to say uh, that should be a disqualifier in any way. It's just meant to say that uh, also not coming from a legal background shouldn't be a disqualifier in my opinion. Um, it, it totally comes down to the individual. And when you come at something not from a legal background, I'm much more likely, let's say, maybe than, than someone else wouldn't be, to just simply ask, why are we doing it like this? Um, you know, just 
simply asking those very basic questions of why is that or what is the reason that this um, decision was made? And you would be stunned how often I hear, you know, not just here, but when I'm talking to people at other companies, well, why was that decided? And you'd be surprised how often people kind of take a step back. Like, I actually don't know. Uh, it's just simply how it was described to me when I started. So that's what we did. Uh, like, for instance, when I was working at Bright Flag, we had a customer I was working with and trying to set up the workflows for when an invoice came in, who needed to approve it and review it. And they had a list of you know seven or eight individuals for these invoices of a certain value. And that seemed to be overkill to me. So I asked them, why do eight people need to review this one invoice that you know to me was not even that high of a value? And she said, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was that that was the the structure that was provided to me by finance when I started. And I was like, might be worth just asking finance because anytime you need eight people to review a document, of course, that's going to take some time. She went back and asked finance, came back and said, actually, we only need three people to approve this. So just just like that, we removed five people from this process and sped that process up, you know, at least a, a 50%, more than 50% improvement. Um, so just simply asking questions why uh, can be very basic. Um, so being inquisitive uh, and again, trying to kind of be creative in how we're problem solving these things, like not just taking an existing process and hammering it into a software or a tool or a technology, um, but really taking a step back and saying, okay, this is our process today, but what would be our dream scenario of this process? Uh, if we were to start from scratch, how would we design it today? And how could we use this tool or technology to help us with that? Um, those are, you know, I, I think, to me, those types of um, uh, capabilities, you know, I think are much more important than being a, uh, coming from a legal background because I have yet to see a legal operations role where they're expecting that person to practice law. And if they are, I would question whether that is um, really a legal operations role or if they're hiring a lawyer and asking them to do a little bit of legal ops, which as we know, is kind of how this usually starts at companies. Um, but I also would question if that's the best use of all of those people's time and skills, right? Um, so I'll, uh, I rambled for a bit, but I'll, I'll pause there because I'm sure you have follow-ups. I, I do. Um, maybe one question as to the skill sets. Um, project management and, and, and running those types of projects. How important is, is that? And, and, and how much should that be a skill set that you would be looking for when hiring your first legal operations person? Yeah, um, I'm a bit embarrassed that I didn't mention that. Uh, but 100% without question, um, that's a crucial, crucial skill for anyone in legal operations. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to be, you know, have every certification under the sun around project management and be the best project manager that's ever existed. Um, but definitely having a background and understanding uh, what goes into project management and being able to effectively manage projects is crucial. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. That's you know near the top of the list if I were to be ranking them in, in order of importance. So next question would then be, 
how do you like like not you specifically, but as it, let's say that you're a general counsel or you're a head of legal and you're sitting and you're thinking, okay, Sean said some pretty good things. I now know what to look for in in terms of hiring my first legal ops person. But how do you, as a manager of that legal ops person, build the best foundation for success? Because this is a new role, right? You've never had this type of person before. And and not to say, I, I've been working in-house for many, many years, and, and I absolutely love it. But innovation might not be what people are the most familiar with. So, so how do you then go about hiring that first person and getting that first person to be successful? Yeah, so I would say first you need to really understand what it is you are expecting this person to do. So if you're the general counsel hiring for this role, um, you need to be clear. So of course, a clear job description and a clear description throughout the interview process of, you know, what this person is expected to do and to deliver on. Because, you know, when I was first looking to, to jump into legal ops from the legal tech vendor side, you know, I saw a few different job descriptions that were very different uh, from one another. Some of them, I would argue, not really legal ops in any way, more of a, uh, let's say, an admin type role. And then there were others like this one at Heineken that I thought were perfect for my skill set, my interests, and really fit the the legal ops description as I described earlier, let's say from clock. Um, so very, very clear understanding. And I think that goes back to um, the communication and the project management piece. Like whenever I'm describing something to someone, I try to be as clear as I possibly can be. And I try to explain to them what I am expecting and needing from them and what they can expect from me in return. So I think that's very clear. Um, I would also say legal ops is not going to be a, you know, a cure for all ills. It's not going to be as if you hire someone in legal ops, you snap your fingers, a couple of weeks go by and all of a sudden everything's done and you're, you're perfect. Um, that is definitely not the case. So uh, if you're a GC or someone hiring for legal ops, thinking about this today, um, you have to also be a bit realistic with this. Um, some of these type of huge transformational changes take time. Uh, I would also say that having buy-in from that GC or legal ops or a legal leader or whoever is you know involved in this hiring process is crucial. Um, making sure that the ability to, if a, a roadblock is presented, being able to go and escalate that and have that taken care of and knowing that when I'm making a decision uh, from a legal ops lens, I have the backing of our GC because I meet with him regularly. We are aligned. I understand his priorities. He understands mine. That's absolutely crucial. Um, and I, I have spoken to people in legal ops at other companies that unfortunately that wasn't always the case um, for them as it is here for me. So I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, but that was something that was crucially important to me. I had seen examples where that wasn't the case and, and why it wasn't um, the best setup. So I would say those are a few things you have to do internally. Um, also, you know, a lot of the things that people want legal ops to, to work with does relate around technologies. Now, not everything, there's a lot of things we do that are nothing to do with technology, but if it is important for you when you're hiring a legal ops person that they are going to, you know, um, 
implement a legal tech stack for you um, and start to bring on new solutions, well, there has to be budget available for those types of projects. So also making sure that, you know, you're providing this person with what they need to, to do what you're expecting of them to do. Um, and then communicating this to, you know, the legal team, if it's a sizable one, making sure that everybody is clear what this role is and how it can help, that it goes well above and beyond, you know, just legal technology and, and what you as the leader of the department, um, you know, why you've made this move to bring this person on at this time. Um, and then for me, when I joined, uh, I was very, it was a, a very good setup and that a lot of these meetings and first calls and things were already scheduled for me. Um, so that when I started, I was able to just immediately start uh, building relationships and understanding from people what the problems were and these sorts of things. Um, and those are, you know, all things that anyone can do, you know, everything I just listed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a hard role to hire for because it's not as if you just say, okay, we're looking for a resume that contains these seven things and that's it. Um, the, the, the right candidate can come from a very different background than you've ever, you know, would have thought of. So we talked a little bit about skills and we've talked a little bit about background. So if you were to kind of give your best advice as to maybe the more, uh, let's call it uh, soft skills. You said communication is super important, but is there other types of maybe soft skills that is something that should be on that checklist of, of uh, let's call it people skills? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, relationship building is really, really important and um, stakeholder management is critical in this area. So legal operations does not operate in a silo. Uh, it is, I think, by definition, a very cross-functional type of role. So being able to effectively work with people across the organization from finance and from IT and from sales and marketing and any uh function or department you can think of is crucial and understanding, you know, what makes each of those people tick and what is important to them uh, and, and bringing them along and having them involved um, when and where they need to be is crucial. So having that um, kind of stakeholder management skill, which is one that uh, I know I've seen a lot of uh, buzzwords about it recently, but I really do think, um, you know, that is a, a key one and relationship building, you know, again, this is something you're going to need a lot of other people's involvement and support and help with. Um, so having an understanding on that and the skill to build these relationships uh, is important. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think from a soft skills perspective, definitely communication and I'd say stakeholder management, effective communication and stakeholder management, probably near the top of the list. And my gut feel will also be adaptability, maybe, um, and being agile in, in, in the mindset, maybe? For sure, yeah. Um, uh, within Heineken, that's a, a key one for us is, is agile mindset, um, not just for legal, but for the entire organization. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's very, very accurate. And, you know, we also mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, being able to think creatively and think critically is 
really, really important because you are going to be tasked with coming up with solutions to problems. And a lot of times it might not even be a problem that someone is very clearly describing to you. Um, you know, you might see a symptom of what the problem is and have to understand what is the actual root cause or the actual problem here that we need to solve for. Uh, and being able to do that and not just rush to put a Band-Aid on something sometimes, um, you know, easier said than done. But that's also, I would say, really important for, for anyone in legal ops. So we now at least have a good understanding of the skills, both the soft skills, but also maybe the more specific skills that you should have when hiring your first legal ops person, or not you as the hiring person, but when you're hiring that legal ops person. And, and maybe also that you can have various backgrounds and be very successful, which I think you are the persona of having a very interesting background and transforming uh, the legal way of working at Heineken. So, so Sean, where do you get your inspiration from? Yeah, I will say um, my direct manager and also our, our GC here at Heineken are two really impressive people that I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to work closely with over the last almost two years now. Um, so maybe on a you know more personal day-to-day -day basis, that that would be um, two examples I could provide. But there's this is going to sound silly, maybe, but uh, there's a person I've always been a really big fan of of his work and his comedy over the years. That over the last few years, I've like fallen in love with his podcast and like can't wait for every week when the new uh, episodes come out. But um, Conan O'Brien, who used to be a TV host in the US. He has a really interesting podcast, I think, where you know, he has people join him. Um, he does one like celebrity one a week and one fan episode a week. Uh, and I think find them both really fascinating. And, you know, just the way that his brain works. Um, and he's a type of person that, you know, he's getting a little bit older. He was on TV for uh, 30 years or so. Um, but he's super quick witted. He's um, really, really, you know, interested in, in history and constantly learning and, you know, not one, it would be very easy for him to just kind of coast, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but he doesn't want to do that. Uh, he wants to keep challenging himself and move into a new area and do these new things where, you know, some people would just maybe get very comfortable uh, and, and bring in the paychecks, but he's the opposite. And yeah, just a really interesting guy, very, I think, um, fresh way that, you know, he kind of looks at, at things and at life. And I, I would like to say I aspire to be that way as, you know, my career progresses over the next few decades. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to do that. Um, so nothing to do with legal ops at all, but just in general, uh, I find him to be not only very, very funny. I, I think his comedy is to me very funny, but he's also quite an inspirational and, uh, um, you know, I would say unique in that area um, of, you know, being a famous celebrity, but also, um, you know, not just coasting, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you uh, and for you sharing and for your 
inspirational insights into the skills and background of legal operations. Sean, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. And I want to thank you for sharing your experience and your thoughts. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And um, yeah, look forward to, uh, to hopefully hearing uh, how people uh, think the episode was once they have a chance to listen. Thank you so much for listening in to Inspiring Legal. Remember to subscribe. And if you want more information, you can always go to openly.com slash community. That was openly.com slash community.